At Spire, serving others is at the heart of what we do. We give our time, talents, and support to the communities where we live and work. In the case of two public schools in the St. Louis area, our work has been life-changing for some children. But don't take our word for it. Hear directly from the educators who have seen the work firsthand on today's Beyond the Boots podcast. Thanks for pressing play on this episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Jason Merrill. We'll highlight two initiatives from Spire and the St. Louis Public Schools coming up, but first, it is our values moment, our opportunity to highlight our values of safety, inclusion, and integrity, and a new value to Spire and our 3,600 employees, DRIVE. DRIVE calls for us to lean into change while showing the courage and grit to make it happen. And our next guest is going to talk about identifying a change, making it happen, and making jobs easier in the process. Rodney Mullins is Continuous Improvement Lead working out of St. Louis. Rodney, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. So, Rodney, uh, let's talk about you first. Um, You've been at Spire um, around a year. Uh, What's your background before being at Spire? Yeah, I've um, been fortunate enough to have um, some experiences in various industries. This is my my first experience in, uh, um, you know, the gas and uh, power industry. But uh, I've got experience in automotive, um, aerospace, and even healthcare, all of which I've done similar type of work around the continuous improvement uh, arena. Well, continuous improvement and lean process is something you hear a lot about in healthcare to improve efficiency and lower costs. Similarly, you are bringing that to the table at Spire, and you have an early breakthrough in the new St. Louis meter shop on Car Lane. Uh, Talk about the process you identified and how you've made things easier for employees. Yeah, so I think, um, you know, it starts with the old meter shop, and it was really just going in there and identifying um, opportunities and from a lean perspective. And it's really just focusing on kind of waste. Um, and, and some of that waste would be just really in handling the materials and waste and a lot of motion for the actual employees. So, you know, uh, how much they're moving uh, in, in a day. Really focusing on that and then including the employees um, in, in part of the solution and, and ideas about how could we, you know, make that, a better environment for them um, while also maybe producing the meters or getting them out of the out of the shop uh, faster that was the main focus for moving into car lane we've moved to towards more of a kind of one piece flow instead of moving parts throughout the shop um, multiple times and having people bending over so much so in the early going um, how has this uh, translated to efficiency for employees? I would say the, the the biggest piece is you know from an from strictly from an employee perspective, we've put them in a safer environment. Um, they're working in a you know with better ergonomic tools and assist devices. They're not bending over. Um, they're not handling the materials as much, um, and as a result, we are actually doubling our production of what we were doing in the old meter shop with the same amount of people in the same amount of time. That's fantastic. And, you know, as we, we talk about this, um, 
value of drive, you know, safety, inclusion, and integrity have always been values here at Spire, but drive is a new addition. And a lot of people look at that as grit and going the extra mile, but it's also, you know, bringing new ideas to the table that can help drive change. And, you know, um, you know, when you hear about drive and you hear about that value, th- th- these things kind of come together here with what you're talking about, don't you think, Rodney? Um, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, in- inclusion as well, right? Um, if if we're not all kind of driving and thinking differently, looking forward, um, then, you know, we're, we're going to just kind of stay where we've been forever. Um, so I, you know, I love the idea that we're focusing on that. Um, you know, and I think uh, leadership as well, they're, they actually are maybe a little vulnerable with, with this approach. They have to allow people to change and allow people to come up with ideas. And um, I think that was a big part of the success with the, you know, the Carlane move. Um, leaders allowed the people to experiment and and fail in some cases, but we learned from it. And the result is obviously way better than what we had before. Well, Rodney, I know this is the first of many you'll be bringing to the table and uh, appreciate you being with us today on the podcast. Thanks for having me. And uh, hopefully I'll continue to be able to help out. When we talk about showing drive, it also shows up in our community work. In our recent sustainability report, we noted that Spire supported the communities we serve with more than $6.5 million, a 22% increase over the year before. But it's more than just dollars and cents. As an example, in Spire, Missouri East, we've been partnering with the St. Louis City Public Schools for years, providing backpacks to children in what can be underserved areas of the region. And that only tells part of the story. And to tell it are two area principals from Siegel Elementary School is Dr. Laura Otza and from Patrick Henry Elementary is Dr. Deborah Rogers. Thanks to both of you for being here today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So let's start off. How long have each of you been in education? For me, this is my 15th year in education which I know is shocking because I look so much younger. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Rogers, how about you? I have been in education for 14 and 12 of those have been with St. Louis Public. Wow. Well, working in the St. Louis Public Schools, many of the children come from underserved backgrounds. Can you talk a little bit about the challenges? Yeah, so... um, My school is right down the street from Spire, actually. It's at Patrick Henry Downtown Academy. We're about five to seven-ish blocks north of the Arch um, in the 63106 zip code. Um, And we have 100% free and reduced lunch. Um, We meet a lot of statistics um, and state standards of extreme poverty. Um, Within the free and reduced lunch, there's a spectrum of people who can qualify for that. And we are at the lowest end of that spectrum. So um, 100% of my students are well below the poverty line. Um, 30% of my students and families are um, in transition or without housing. Um, And that kind of changes throughout the school year, but it remains pretty steady at around 30%. Um, and our students um, are almost all, except for one family, we have all minority families um, in terms of race, um, and we are we face just about every challenge that you could face from a socioeconomic racial standpoint in a city like St. Louis that is 
really segregated and um, has a, a large divide of resources um, between city and county. And then with, even within the city, the city there's yeah. a lot of differences of who gets what and why and when and how. Mm -hmm. Yeah, elementary is um, similar in a lot of ways. We are a little bit further south um, and we also have 100% of our student population are free and reduced lunch almost 100% are minority families. One of the differences that we have at Siegel is um, we have a significant amount of English second language speakers. So between 30 and 40% of our students are either they uh, speak English as a second language or they come from a home where the primary language spoken is not English. And for the majority of our ESOL families, that would be Somalian or um, different variations of some African languages. That's primarily what the area of origin for our ESOL families. Given the resources that you probably need in this environment, how important are community partners in those relationships to help families? Yeah, we um, literally can't function at Patrick Henry without our community partners. Um, our school district does an incredible job of, of finding, you know, resources and providing um, different things to our, our students and our curriculum and, you know, from an academic and a social emotional standpoint. Um, but we know that as principals of the school, we have to fill up, fill in gaps um, and we, we, we actually can't do it without our community partners. Um, and we have different partners feel, fill different needs. You know, we have the Little Bit Foundation mm -hmm. and they provide clothing and we have um, Homeworks that provides financial support for teachers to visit parents in the home. Um, we have all of these amazing partners and everybody doing their part, in, you know, all together. That really is a village raising a school, essentially. Um, and the Spire partnerships have just kind of gone I mean, a little bit above and beyond, I would say. Words, <laughs> um, sure. It's been really incredible to watch um, what happened in over the last couple of years. Um, I've only been at Patrick Henry for three years, and to see how much that that community partnership has shifted and changed has been really amazing. Um, but we really rely on those community partnerships to fill in needs and to meet meet us where we're at, and um, you know, we're we're kind of uh, bossy about what we asking for things that we need. And, and then people are really wonderful and kind and say, great, yes. we're ready to help you. Yes, exactly. Dr. Otsa, let's talk about Siegel. There was the backpack giveaway that Spire's done for some time. And through those conversations, we've expanded on that and have a mentoring program that we are doing with you. Uh, can you talk about the mentoring program and how that works? Um, yeah, so like you said, we our partnership began with a backpack giveaway. Our first day of school, our kiddos were greeted with a backpack full of supplies and water bottles that are snazzy, and they are still very <laughs> proud of to this very day. How many, how many weeks later? Um, and at the at the backpack giveaway, I was fortunate to get to interact with a lot of Spire folks, including the coordinator Rex here, who. Uh, our children were just immediately drawn to. And he had such a great rapport with all of the kids. And I, as Dr. Roger said, we, we can be a little bossy about <laughs> our needs at our school. So I said, hey, Rex, have you ever thought about being a mentor? And he said, why, yes. And the conversation took off from there. And um, in a very short amount of time, considering the amount of resources and coordinating that he needed to do to make this happen, mm -hmm. 
we were able to secure mentors, specifically African-American men from the field Inspire, who come in every other week and work with some of our fourth through sixth grade boys who have uh, demonstrated some pretty significant struggles being successful in a classroom for a variety of reasons. Um, and the impact that, that these relationships have had over the course of the year has been, I, 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 don't, I can't even think of the word. It's just been amazing. The, <laughs> the kids are so excited. Every Thursday they ask, is it Spire Day? Is it Spire Day? <laughs> it's every other Thursday, but they wish desperately for it to be every Thursday. And we um, were in talks, to, uh, I hope, to expand on the the foundation that we've set this year um, for this, this mentorship because it has been so powerful. So looking forward to making an even bigger impact next year. Well, the, the Rex you're talking about is Rex Thompson. He's in employee engagement here, and he does a lot in the community representing Spire. Do you have any anecdotes of the work Rex and others have done that's made a difference in some of these students' lives? Yeah, so the the kids that we selected to um, potentially benefit the most from some guidance that comes along with that kind of a mentorship these are these are kids that have some trouble trusting. Um, that just didn't happen with these gentlemen. the The trust was immediate. they're They're giving out hugs freely and are so excited to see them. And I remember our first meeting um, with the guys to kind of explain how our school works and what to expect from the students. And i I've worked with um, mentor programs and tutor programs before. And I think there's this misconception for a lot of people that you have to have this like very formal and fancy training and, and you have a very prescribed program that you have to enact in order to be successful. And that really is just not true. Um, the guys were themselves and that is what the students needed, just that human connection. And they built a good and strong trusting relationship and they spend their, a lot of their time together every other Thursday playing games, which sounds silly and maybe a little frivolous, but when you think about all the soft skills uh, that come along with playing Jenga, which is a favorite, uh, by the way, <laughs> as well as bags, they they love playing bags too. <laughs> but, you know, sportsmanship and being a graceful loser and cooperating, like those are all things that that are talking points that the guys are able to sort of easily and naturally work into their time together without having had, like I said, all this like rigorous and formal training. It is very easy to have such a significant impact on our students' lives. And the guys have done beautifully with it. You know, the crazy thing, sorry to cut in, Laura, the crazy thing about the soft skills with the mm -hmm. like sportsmanship that you mentioned is a lot of our students in St. Louis public, especially at the elementary level, they don't have sports. There's no organization of um, teams at the at the majority of our schools. Mm -hmm. And so even like PE class, gym class is really challenging yes. because a lot of our students don't have, they've never learned that soft skill of mm -hmm. how to be on a team and how to take turns and the rules of the game, like basic things like that, mm -hmm. because they just don't have the opportunity. Right. And that was, that was really eye-opening to me because I was privileged when I grew up, I got to play sports my whole childhood mm -hmm. and all my siblings did. And it was just a totally different um, ball game, I guess, to make a really <laughs> terrible pun. Um, but <laughs> was it great. was, it's, it is really different. And, and we've seen that as well, where mm -hmm. 
those soft skills are really important for basic teamwork, life. It translates so well into the classroom where you're working as a class or in a small group. It's really vital and they don't really have an opportunity for that. Well, Dr. Rogers, these basic needs you're talking about also apply to a program at Patrick Henry where you are. It's the Spire Market that assists families who are currently unhoused or in transitional housing. Mm -hmm. Talk about the market. Yeah, I could talk about the market all day long. It is awesome. Um, we I mentioned earlier that you know thirty percent of my families are in transition, and um, that's the formal designation for a lot of different things. So it could mean that a family um, doesn't have a place to sleep and is living out of a car or. Um, living in a shelter, but it also might mean that they're couch surfing for months or weeks at a time. Um, no matter what the situation is, it means that a family does not have a, a steady place to stay. Um, a child does not know where they're going to go home that night. They might get picked up by their mom and they might walk to a totally new building that they've never seen before. Um, and it's it's really difficult on a child. Um, it's That is so hard on an adult, um, let alone being a small child that has no control over your circumstances. Um, and so the Spire Market came about because... Um, that um, sassafras that we were talking about earlier, Rex, um, kind of got <laughs> hold of a statistic that just like irked his soul. Um, and he found out about my student population and the extreme, you know, the numbers of, of in-transition families. And it just bothered him so much. And he said, I just have to do something about this. And um, fortunately, he has a lot of connections. And so every person that we talked to was another connection who had connections, who had more connections. Um, and in the end, this was a true community effort of, you know, 15 organizations, none of which were connected at the beginning, um, but all of whom heard about this issue and said, we all have to do something. Um, and so we came up with the idea of a, a true market for our families who are in transition to come and get resources, physical resources. These are the most needed items, um, stuff that we we do not have at the school, but also things that a parent could come in and take that day and not be, they're, they're in small containers so that they can carry them from location to location. They get a drawstring backpack and they get to fill the backpack up with, you know, whatever they need. There's shampoo and soap and, um, you know, some hygiene products for women. Um, there's food, tons of food, um, all of which is non-perishable. Um, and we tried to pick things that were also um, really high in protein and energy, you know, things that are not just like a bag of chips, but something that they could actually um, use and feed a family with and actually, you know, meet a, a hunger need. Um, and it's it's really amazing. The families that come and use our resources have been um, so incredibly thankful and grateful. And also, um, it's it, you can vis visibly see the relief of I have something for my family tonight. I have something for my family tomorrow. I can come back the next day. Um, and they always know that this is there for them. And um, this, I mean, we never would have been able to do this without the community partnership of Spire and all of the community partners that came about through the Spire connection. Um, but we, it's, it's really been amazing to serve our families in a way that we never could have done before. I think too, you know, there's, 
maybe an old school idea of what schools exist to do. Mm-hmm. And we, we certainly don't exist just to just to teach children. It's, <laughs> no. it's our primary focus for sure, but we exist to support our families in the community. And, mm-hmm. and that's such a big undertaking. Um, so it requires these kinds of relationships and partnerships in order to make that happen. And that's really our purpose. You know, the two of you are amazing. I mean, the stories you're sharing are so meaningful. And I, I know you're sharing how Spire has helped, but there are other schools and there are other children. What's the message you want to give to the community about other ways that people can help the St. Louis public schools? I have found that every single person I meet for the first time when they find out I'm a principal, they want to help. I've never met anybody that's like, oh, that's cool, and then moves on from the conversation. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to do something to support our schools and our communities. Um, How to do it is always unclear. They never Mm -hmm. know how to do it. And Mm -hmm. they they have resources, talents, or maybe they have nothing to offer, but they're like, I feel like I could do something. Mm -hmm. Um, And so my suggestion to other community partners or to individuals who really want to get involved I think the easiest way to do it is to contact the school that you either live or work closest to and just explain who you are. You know, hey, I'm a neighbor. Hey, I'm a partner. Hey, I work for Spire. Um, And I have either this skill or no skills to offer. I'm telling you, somebody's going to say yes, even if you think you have no (laughs) skills to offer. (laughs) Um, There's so much to to do that schools need um, that requires like almost nothing. One thing I'm really excited about our mentorship at Siegel for next year is to start to put some data to it. So just rolling things out this year, we um, just sort of figured it out and went with it. Um, But moving into next year, hopefully we can recruit some more mentors and then I can make some direct correlations that I can only... I, I can only qualitatively speak to it this year, but next year I know I'll be able to quantitatively speak to how our how our discipline has improved um, student. There are far fewer infractions that mm-hmm. are resulting in time out of the classroom and time away from learning as a direct result of these relationships that these young men have built with the guys that come from Spire. I have to ask before we go, Dr. Otsa, Dr. Rogers, have you considered starting your own podcast? Because the two of you just go. This is easy. <laughs> no, it's, it's the power of the microphone. This thing is so fancy. I'm trying not to look at it. It makes me very oh nervous. But. <laughs> yes, yes. Breaking down the visual for folks, the two of you are gathered around a microphone talking. No, I think, I think both of us... Um, are very passionate about what we do. And I think to work in urban education specifically, it takes a, a, a probably an unhealthy amount of passion to, <laughs> Correct. to stay put as long as we have um, and as committed as we are. So yeah, we, we could talk endlessly until <laughs> the end of time. <laughs> well, you two have both been great. I really appreciate you spending time with us today on the podcast. Thanks for all you do. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. For more about how Spire shows up in the community, visit spireenergy.com slash serving dash our dash communities. Thanks for listening. And we hope you stay safe and join us soon for another edition of the Beyond the Boots podcast.